Hello, Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Brain, you certainly got the folks fired up this week. You got you got all Dolphins Twitter all in a tizzy. People love to hate me. You're like the Skip Bayless of Dolphins Twitter. I'm like the, the Bobby Heenan of Dolphins Twitter. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into how the brain has made a lot of people very upset on Dolphins Twitter. I, I mean, in, in fairness, a lot of people on Dolphins Twitter were already upset. And uh, we'll get into that. I mean, you know, some guy famously is... Now a former Miami Dolphin fan, now a fan of the Carolina Panthers, apparently. If you saw that video. Well, those, those are the people that probably agreed with my tweet. Yeah, but I mean, possibly. Even though my, my tweet wasn't all that negative. We'll get into all of that. We'll get into the specifics of the fact that the Dolphins did, in fact, trade for Josh Rosen. And uh, we'll, we'll get into how that led to the brain having a take that fired a lot of people up. But before we do all of that, we'd like to remind you that you can follow the show on Twitter if you haven't done so already, at SameOldDolphins on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash SameOldDolphins. We hope that you'll go over there and give us a like as well. The Brain is on Twitter, at AaronTheBrain, that's A-A-Ron, the Brain on Twitter. You messed up, A-A-Ron. <laughs> And uh, I'm on Twitter as well, at Amplified to Rock. And we are, of course, proud members of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. We hope that you will head on over to DolphinsTalk.com and uh, check out your daily fix for everything Miami Dolphins. It's really your one-stop shop for all things Dolphins. And uh, give it. go ahead and give them a follow on Twitter, at DolphinsTalk over there on Twitter. Okay, let's talk about this draft because the 2019 NFL draft is now behind us. And without getting into all of the details about the Josh Rosen trade specifically, because we are going to talk about that in a little bit. First, Brain, give me your general thoughts about how this draft went for your Miami Dolphins. So, I mean, everything that we had talked about and we said, well, we don't think it's going to happen, but what if it does? We kind of feared that it might happen. We weren't sure how we felt about it. And lo and behold, it happened. We're sitting at 13 and Dwayne Haskins is staring us right in the face. And then we're, you know, obviously we're all talking about how we need to move down. We especially want to get picks for 2020. Because that's when we're, you know, that that's, you know, it's all, we're all aboard the tank for Tua train. Uh, and even if it's not Tua, we, we love the quarterback class next year significantly more than we love the quarterback class this year. So let's, you know, call it tanking, call it youth movement, rebuilding, whatever you want to call it. We're not putting stock into the 2019 season. We are sacrificing the 2019 season for the betterment of the future of the franchise. Therefore, if we have to trade completely out of the first round to get an extra first round pick in 2020, that would be ideal. Lo and behold, the value wasn't there. The trade offer wasn't to be made. So we were at 13. They have to make a decision. They researched Dwayne Haskins. They went to, they scouted him at the combine. They scouted him all year long. They scouted him at his pro day. They talked to him at the combine. They did their research and they decided that they were not sold on Dwayne Haskins as a franchise quarterback, but who they were sold on was Christian Wilkins. And look, I had to me, I had three players there that they could go with if they were going to keep the pick. Uh, they could go with Haskins if they felt like he was their quarterback, you know, if he was their franchise guy. Uh, I had Jawan Taylor because if they were sold that he was a rock solid right tackle to replace Jawan James, my thought was in a draft loaded with defensive linemen that you'd be able to get a defensive lineman. Later in the draft, that would be elite. Um, 
if you went offensive line, it'd be harder to find a really good offensive lineman late at the further you got into the draft because the offensive lineman in this draft, it was a little bit top heavy and things really thinned out once you got past the early section of round two. And the other guy there was Christian Wilkins, who I thought was the best defensive lineman available and probably the best player available. And I'm never, 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 never going to fault the team for taking the best player available, especially if they feel like the quarterback was not going to be their guy. If they could, if they don't love the quarterback, don't take plain and simple. And, and obviously they were not the only team that didn't love Jawan Taylor because he fell all the way out of the first round. And when you add in, I mean, Christian, they got themselves a hell of a player and a hell of a guy. And the more I've read about Christian Taylor since they made the pick, the more I love the pick. Because this seems like the kind of guy that you you really want as a foundational piece to that defense. Because aside from just talent, and he's extremely good talent, but he's also just the guy, the kind of guy you want as a leader in the locker room. And this is a team whose leadership has come into question over the past decade. And it just seems like it seems like a great pick. So I, I thought. Um, when they first made the pick, I called it a B, a B plus. I, I still don't necessarily think it's a home run, like a, like a swing for the fences pick. I think if you take Haskins and Haskins turns out to be your franchise quarterback, that's the best that you could have done with the pick. But this is, um, to, to basically quote, uh, another guy on the, on the locked on NFL draft podcast, uh, who, what the way he referred to a safe pick is instead of swinging them for the fences, you just hit a you get a ground rule double. You know, this is a surefire double. Like this is there ain't nothing wrong with this pick. This is going to be a foundational player. It's a great pick for the Dolphins. Great. So obviously the, the Christian Wilkins pick was one that was uh, greeted pretty warmly by everybody across Dolphins Twitter, Dolphins fans everywhere seem to be really happy with that pick. Um, what are your thoughts about the rest of the draft in general? Again, speaking primarily about what happens in rounds three and beyond, and then we'll talk, we'll come back and well, talk about Josh Rosen. <laughs> I know, I know, I know the Josh right. Rosen trade is a big part of it. It's a big part of it, but I'm, I'm really just curious to hear your thoughts about these other picks that the Dolphins made, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Josh Rosen because this was the big moment of the draft. But I want to get all that other stuff out of the way first because because all of that happened. But, I mean, everything that happened after the Rosen trade was sort of, <coughs> excuse me, um, it's clearly the most important thing that happened in this draft was, or, or the biggest sort of discussion point is the is the trade for Rosen. But I want to I wanna get your thoughts on everything else that happened before we come back and spend the bulk of the time on this show talking about the Rosen pick or the Rosen trade. So, you know, in a vacuum, let's, let's just take a look at what we wanted the Dolphins to accomplish in this draft. We wanted them to get D-line help. We wanted them to get O-line help. We wanted them to get some help in the secondary because we know that in Brian Flores' defense, at least the defense that they've played last year in New England, they used a lot of nickel, dime, and even quarter packages to the point where for, I believe it's 60% of the, of the snaps last year, the Patriots had, had at least five defensive backs. And the Dolphins come into this offseason with Minka Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain, and then two safeties in Rashad Jones and TJ McDonald, who we all know, yeah, that in all likelihood they're going to be there this season, but those are guys that probably aren't in the long-term plan. So if the plan is you're going to be playing five or six defensive backs pretty regularly, you better start loading up on those quality defensive backs. Um, look, they got some o offensive line help. Uh, they got a versatile offensive lineman in Dieter from from Wisconsin. He's the guy that probably not going to play tackle, but you need a guard and you need a center. He's probably going to fill one of those roles. So you, uh, so if he turns out to be a good player, you got to be happy with that. 
Um, and Isaiah Prince, which I thought this was, uh, this was an interesting value pick because you're talking about a guy that started basically his whole career. He started every game the last three seasons for Ohio State at tackle. This guy could come in and he could be a right tackle. Now, look, he's a six-round pick. We don't know. He could be a bust. The the success rate of these late-round picks, uh, it's not historically very good. So you don't necessarily know if you've solved your offensive line issues. But you've put a couple of bodies in there, for sure. Um, I do love the fact that they went out and drafted a fullback. We, you know, I've been talking about, we talked about it last year in depth about how the Dolphins get into these short yardage situations last year. And Adam Gase, instead of, you know, doing the, the traditional, like, Hey, let's line up and punch you in the mouth. You know, we're going to run up the middle, but you can't stop us because we didn't have a fullback and we played so much single back. We, we always tried to finesse our way around these short yardage situations. That time is over. This signals that we are going to be able to play smash mouth football, which I love. And then we doubled up on running back by taking Miles Gaskin in the seventh round. And I thought this was another good value pick, a good value running back, a productive running back. And he's not going to step in and have a whole bunch of, uh, you know, a whole bunch of responsibility, but he adds us depth. And you have to keep in mind that we haven't made a decision on Kenyon Drake past this year if Kenyon Drake goes out and has well one if if he has a great year uh and we just don't want to pay him you know big money because we just decide as a franchise that it's not a good idea to invest that much money into a running back well then we let him go we pick up a compensatory pick and we've got a, a running back to to step in line for him or if he just has a bad year and we don't want to extend him well Here's the replacement, Miles Gaskin. And, uh, and, and that's completely overlooking the fact that we also have Kalen Balaj. So I thought that this was, I thought that every pick the Dolphins made made sense. I was a little not necessarily blown away by the linebacker that they got from Wisconsin, Van Ginkle. But I guess the, the idea is he's going to be a situational pass rusher. He's going to play on special teams. When you get into the fifth round of the draft, you can't really, I mean, you're looking for somebody to contribute in any way possible. So even if he doesn't end up being a starting linebacker on this team, if he ends up being a depth piece, if he ends up being a special teams contributor, that's fine. So the picks that they made, I'm fine with. The other thing that we wanted to accomplish going into this draft was we wanted to set ourselves up for next year's draft. We want to have as much ammunition to move up next year if we have to, to get the quarterback that we want. And we did get the second round, the extra second round pick from New Orleans. We also gave up uh, a fifth round pick. Well, I mean, I guess the fifth round pick that we gave up, we, we gave up a, a fifth round 2020 pick for Rosen. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so we did give up a pick, but we're, you know, we we got an extra second rounder, so we wanted that. That's good. Um, and uh, you know, we we didn't get that extra first round pick, which I've obviously we would have loved, but that was never a guarantee, and that always was probably a long shot. Um, and we've got all those compensatory picks, and we got all the picks. You know, we got the pick that we got in the Ryan Tannehill trade. Um, so we, we still, we're still in really good shape for next year as far as having the picks that we want. So yeah, the Dolphins overall, are in a situation where I think they're looking at having a dozen picks as of right now in next year's well, draft. And as we'll, we'll circle back to it now, now seems like the, the spot to get into it. The other thing that we wondered if we would get in this draft was our quarterback and we accomplished all of those other things, and we potentially got our quarterback. So I guess it's time to talk about that, huh? Yeah. So as a draft in a vacuum, as a whole, I thought it was a good draft. I don't think that there is any. Yeah, I think that's I, I don't right. think that they've necessarily hit a home run. They they swung for the fences in the second round. They got their double in the first round, and they filled some needs later in the draft. 
I thought it was a very solid draft in a vacuum. Yeah, and I think in a lot of ways, that's what you wanted from the Dolphins. You, you know, so many times we've come away from drafts feeling sort of disappointed or disillusioned with what the Dolphins have done. And this year, I think for the for the most part, you, you got to feel pretty good about how things played out here. So uh, let's talk about what happened in the second round. So obviously, um, unless you were sort of living in a vacuum, if you have any interest in the NFL at all, you heard the rumblings that the Arizona Cardinals were thinking about drafting Kyler Murray with the first pick uh, of the draft. And that was going to create a potential issue because they had just made a lot of moves last year to draft Josh Rosen in the top 10. And then the Cardinals ended up being worse than I think anybody would have expected them to be and ended up in with the first pick in the draft. And Cliff Kingsbury, who had, had made comments previously that you'd be a fool not to draft Kyler Murray or something to that effect, you know, was for, was put in a situation where he's like, we, we got to draft this guy. And as it became clear that that was where Arizona was going, it also became clear that Josh Rosen staying with the Cardinals was going to be an untenable situation. Um, obviously, when you're drafted in the top 10 and you are made the starting quarterback and you basically, I think he started 13 games for the Cardinals last season. Um you know, you expect that he expected that that was his organization and then to have the team basically pull the rug from under him and say, we're going to pick up Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray. That was, I think, a reasonably upsetting thing for for Josh Rosen. And so he clearly wanted out of that situation. And Arizona, knowing that they had a pretty bad, it was going to be a pretty toxic locker room situation, I think, if they had hung on to Josh Rosen, knew that they needed to move him. Excuse me, as as things sort of played out, it became clear, the buzz was pretty clear that the Dolphins were basically the only suitor that Arizona could find. And that put the Dolphins in a situation where they had all of the leverage uh, in mm -hmm. the situation with Arizona. And so Arizona kept saying that they wanted a second round pick and the Dolphins were clearly saying, no, we don't, we're not going to give up a second round pick. For, for this guy, we're, we're happy to give you a third pick and Arizona was, was not interested. They were really standing their ground that they wanted a second, second round pick. And the Dolphins found themselves in a situation where they clearly thought Josh Rosen was a guy that well, there's a lot of value there. This guy was, you know, if we had, if the Dolphins had drafted Josh Rosen, if the, if he had fallen to the Dolphins in, in 2018, and the Dolphins had drafted him, people would have been over the moon. And so this was, this, you know, as a top 10 talent, um, a very good natural thrower of the ball. So people were saying, this is, this is a pick that the Dolphins should have. Obviously, they don't want to deal a second rounder for him, but, you know, it is what it is. This is what Arizona wanted, and they weren't going to move off of it. So the Dolphins decided, okay, let's make this move. But before they did that, in a, in a way to sort of make the trading of a second round pick a bit more bearable, they first made a trade with the New Orleans Saints. So they traded down from 48 to 62 with New Orleans. They also sent New Orleans their fourth round pick this year, pick 116, in exchange for New Orleans' fifth round pick at 202. And this is the big one. They got a 2020 second round pick back from New Orleans. So then the Dolphins traded their second round pick, number 62, to Arizona for Josh Rosen. They also sent a 2020 fifth round pick. It was originally reported that the Dolphins had traded the second round pick for Josh Rosen and a fifth round pick from Arizona, which at which point I was like, this is the deal of the century for the Dolphins. Um, I liked it a little bit less when I heard that we were getting rid of the, when it was cleared up that in fact, the Dolphins were sending a 2025th round to Arizona, but still a decent pick because essentially for trading a second and a fourth this year to New Orleans, they got back a fifth round this year and a second round pick next year. And then for the cost of a second round pick and a fifth round pick, they got Josh Rosen. And I think... In the context of the two trades together, 
the Dolphins have made out pretty well in this situation. And they bring in Josh Rosen uh, to join the quarterback room with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think this sets the Dolphins up in a good situation because the best case scenario is Josh Rosen, who had a bad season surrounded by a severe lack of talent in Arizona, now has an opportunity to... I mean, listen, the situation is not much better in the Dolphins this year. There's still a, you know, a, a depth uh, or a dearth of talent in Miami, the same way there was in Arizona last year. But the best case scenario is Josh Rosen makes a huge second year leap working with Jim Caldwell, becomes a great quarterback and becomes the franchise quarterback for the Dolphins. In a situation where he's no good and the Dolphins have a bad season next year, they are still in position to draft somebody else next year to be their new franchise quarterback. The other key aspect of this is Josh Rosen is set to only make $6.3 million over the next three years. So the Dolphins get this guy for exceedingly cheap. So if he doesn't work out, they're not locked into him. And this is a situation that they can move on from. And they're it like the the rumblings were that, yes, the Dolphins were making this move for Josh Rosen, but that by no means was saying that they weren't interested in potentially getting another quarterback next year. I So viewed through that lens, <coughs> excuse me, while I wasn't crazy about the idea to begin with, I've sort of warmed up to it, and I think the Dolphins have made out pretty well, and it puts them in a pretty good situation. This is where you had an opinion that I retweeted from the same old Dolphins Twitter account, at same old Dolphins on Twitter. And this just set people off. So, Brain, I'm going to give you the floor to talk about how you really feel about this Dolphins trade for Josh Rosen and what that might might or might not say about the new Dolphins front office. Okay. The trade itself is a good trade. In a vacuum, it's a good trade. I have a couple of problems. Really, I have one problem with the trade itself. You mentioned, you alluded to it. The Dolphins were the only suitor, and they were offering a third-round pick, and Arizona was, you know, made them negotiate. Arizona's playing hardball despite the fact that they've got no leverage. They've got to get rid of this guy because they're worried about him being a cancer in the locker room because they just drafted Kyler Murray. Everybody in the league knows this, and supposedly the only team that's interested is the Miami Dolphins. So how we went from giving away a third-round pick to a second and a fifth, I don't love that. That that that's troublesome to me because that says that we blinked in the poker game and they basically had their way with us in the negotiation that I don't like. That's kind of beside the point. Again, you also mentioned it's easier to stomach giving away the second and and I guess the fifth as well, because you got the second round pick for next year from the saints, which is a, which is an extremely valuable pick because if Rosen ends up being bad, you know, that could potentially help you move up. This is also true. Um, so I get that. And that's why I look at this and I say, from a value standpoint, it's a good trade. I mean, I, on a cup on Twitter a few days ago before the draft began, when the rumor first was floated out there that the Dolphins were offering a third round pick for Josh Rosen. You know, I was for it. I mean, I was a little torn because I'm not necessarily sold on Rosen. He was really bad last year. He wasn't just like bad for a rookie bad. He was historically bad. It was one of the worst rookie seasons in recent memory. So you've got to take that into account. And, you know, when you're evaluating Josh Rosen, you, you've got to understand that there is a difference between what he was projected to be last year 
and what he did and, and where he is now after what he actually showed at the NFL level with Arizona last year. And I get it. You got the built-in excuse of bad offensive line, bad coach, bad game plan, blah, blah, blah. But you also have to factor in that he was a guy that never really lived up to his potential when he played at UCLA. And so we heard a lot of that going into the NFL draft last year. And he was the top guy on a few teams boards, but then a few teams didn't even have them on his board because they thought that he was pompous. They thought that he didn't have the personality to fit into an NFL locker room. And they felt like at the end of the day, he just never lived up to his potential. He was one of those guys that everything looks good on paper, but then when you strap it up, when you strap it up and you play the game, there was just something not there. There was something missing, but whatever you get him for a third round pick fine with it. You get him for a second and a fifth when, when you basically were out outbidding yourselves. I'm not crazy about it, but whatever. The biggest takeaway here is that the Miami Dolphins spent months. They knew for months that this was a possibility. They knew for months that Dwayne Haskins was a possibility. They did their due diligence on Haskins. They did their due diligence on Kyler Murray. They did their due diligence on Rosen and all of the other quarterbacks. The Dolphins spent more time looking at the quarterbacks in this draft class, as well as Rosen and Chris Greer was here last year. So they were looking at the quarterbacks last year. So Chris Greer knows Josh Rosen. He's done as much research as can be done on Josh Rosen. Over the past year plus, you know, dating back to last year's draft. And he decided that it was worth it to make the trade. The money thing, I get it. I mean, yeah, that, that just adds up to, to more value. You don't have to pay the guy's signing bonus. Therefore, you're not locked into him. But does that mean that if he's not good, we should just say, ah, what the hell? We took a stab and, and not hold that against Chris Greer. And then. Should we also say, well, this is Chris Greer's first year being the guy in charge. So if he makes one bad pick, eh, whatever, no big deal. Excuse me, but Chris Greer has been getting an awful lot of credit for picking guys over the last four years for this Miami Dolphins organization and not so much of a hit for the guys that haven't panned out. And now you're going to say, after putting all this research into the most important decision that he's made as the GM of the Miami Dolphins, if this guy doesn't pan out, you're just going to give him a pass because it's a good value and you're not paying the guy? I'm sorry, but that's got to count against him for something. And here's where I get into the bigger issue. Sure, if Josh Rosen goes out there and sucks and we end up with the number one pick in next year's draft, it's going to be very easy to just say, all right, well, we're, and assuming Tua Tunga Vailoa is coming out, because we don't know that yet. But assuming that, that all that falls into place and we have the number one pick, we're going to take Tua regardless of who the GM is. It's a no brainer. But if he really flames out, he spent over a year researching this guy. He didn't bring him in here. He didn't trade away a second and a fifth for him to suck. He didn't bring it. He didn't trade away a second and a fifth thinking we're bringing in Josh Rosen. And if he sucks, we're taking two of two, a tongue of Iowa. That's not what he's thinking. And if you think that's what he's thinking, you're delusional and you don't understand how it works. He's bringing him in because one, it's a good value. Yes. And two, he believes that he is a franchise quarterback. So if he comes out and he sucks, and let's say we don't have the number one pick next year. And the team with the number one pick is also in desperate need of a quarterback. Let's say the Tampa Bay Bucks have the number one pick. Jameis Winston has another bad year, another underwhelming year, and the Bucks totally tank, and they've got the number one pick next year. They're taking Tua Tungavailoa. Now the Miami Dolphins have a decision to make because now they have to decide between what do they love Jordan Love? Do they love Justin Herbert? Do they love uh Jake Fromm? After Chris Greer has put in over a year of researching this quarterback, 
if this guy goes and absolutely shits the bed, how do you then trust Chris Greer to pick your next quarterback? Because I don't. And I think if you do, that's crazy. I think it's absolutely crazy for you to trust him if that happens. And I realize it's a hypothetical. I also, in the same tweet, said, look, if Josh Rosen turns out to be this great franchise quarterback, you should go give Chris Greer an extension because it's an amazing trade because you got your franchise quarterback for next to nothing. So there's two ends of that. But here's the most likely scenario. And this is the one that that really scares me the most is Josh Rosen will likely take a step forward. He will likely not be as bad as he was last year. And that means that, you know, he may be pretty good. But what if he comes out this year and he's got a few flashes of brilliance, a few stupid mistakes that you can attribute to? Well, he's still a young guy. He'll learn from that. And you're just kind of come out of it thinking, all right, he's pretty good. I think I need to see more. And the Dolphins go like six and 10. Now what do you do? Do you, because now, and, and do you trust Chris Greer? Because now you've kind of, now you're at a situation where you've either got to buy in on Josh Rosen and say, well, we got to give him a couple more years. And now it's starting to look an awful lot like the Tannehill situation or you're basically saying, even after just a pretty good year, you're saying, all right, we gave up a second and a fifth for nothing. It was a good shot, but you know, whatever, we're going to go all in on taking a quarterback this year. And again, it circles me back to if you're six and 10, who are you taking next year? And who are you trusting to pick that quarterback? And I'm not saying that this was a bad draft by Chris Greer by any stretch. All I'm saying is that this decision has put him in a spot where he's got to live and die with Josh Rosen. And I think if Josh Rosen is basically in that in that third scenario is just kind of somewhere in between, you've put yourself in a position next year where you kind of have to ride with him. And then if it doesn't work out the following year, you're fi- you're firing Greer. But then where does that put you the following year? Because at that point, you're trying to win football games. You're not tanking. You're probably not getting Trevor Lawrence the following year. And we have thus wasted two years and put ourselves back into the oh-so-familiar mediocrity that is the same old Dolphins. Here's my thought about where you are on this. Because I, I, I disagree with you. And, and here's why. Ultimately, what happened, what has to be a huge factor in this organization's decision to draft or to, to trade for Josh Rosen in the second round is that all of these fact, there are numerous factors at play here, right? Especially because Dwayne Haskins was available at 13 for the Dolphins. Now, word has sort of trickled out that the Dolphins had valued Daniel Jones higher than they had valued uh, Dwayne Haskins. Um, but regardless, if the Dolphins draft, let's say the Dolphins draft Dwayne Haskins at 13, that's an expensive contract drafting a quarterback at 13 and, and Dwayne Haskins is going to cost you a lot of money. You are now pot committed to that quarterback. Are you though? Because I just saw the Arizona Cardinals draft, uh, Josh trade up for Josh Rosen last year and draft Kyler Murray. Right, but it's a different scenario when you've got the number one pick in the draft. I would say, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I would say that the the Cardinals should have been more pot committed to Josh Rosen than the Dolphins would be standing pat and taking a guy at 13. Either way, the Dolphins are pot committed if they've got a guy like Dwayne Haskins, whereas they they make the deal for Josh Rosen, a quarterback that... Apparently, they would value higher than Dwayne Haskins, particularly at the price. They get him, and they are by no means committed to him. I mean, obviously, yes, he's going to be one of two guys. He's probably going to end up starting the majority of the Dolphins games this season. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We may have our franchise quarterback. We're trading a second and a fifth rounder, and we're not 
And we may not have him start over Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, hey, listen, anything Why is possible. Why are you trading for him if you're so high on him? <laughs> I Listen, it is, it is a distinct start over, If he doesn't start over Fitzpatrick, it's a fucking joke. I'm sorry. It's a joke if he doesn't start over Fitzpatrick. Whatever the case is. Rosen, th- this trade for Rosen, I think it's not something that, it is It is not like the Dolphins went and traded the farm for Josh Rosen. It's not like the Dolphins made, you know, gave away in a ton of draft stock. It's not like they made a big, ridiculous, bold move that stands to cost them a ton if it doesn't work out. Okay? Yes, there is a certain amount of value that Chris Greer has placed on this player. And there, there's a certain skill set that he believes that this player has and that he has the potential to be the Dolphins franchise quarterback. Yes, that's all obviously true. But the fact that they didn't sell the farm to get him means that if things don't work out, they're not, they can easily make the next step. It's a different situation than it was with Ryan Tannehill. And yes, obviously, the biggest fear in everybody's mind is that the Dolphins end up winning six or seven games this season. That would be that would be a pretty bad situation for a team that is trying to position themselves in such a way that they can be in position well, to draft potentially it, it, a franchise quarterback next year. But well, I mean, if you win, if they win six or seven games and Josh Rosen looks great, I don't think anybody's gonna have a problem with that. Sure, like that'd be great. I, I would love that. Sure. But the reason that I don't think if Josh Rosen is a failure that you need to fire Chris Greer and fire Brian Flores. Well, I didn't say anything about firing Brian Flores. I, I want to be very clear about that. And Brian Flores comes in. He has not been in this organization. And Brian, Fl- and Brian Flores comes in and like his job is to coach the football team. And I'm not saying you didn't have any input on it, but. I'm not going to fire Brian Flores for really any draft okay. decision, so, especially in his first year. But, but Chris Greer has been here. You realize Chris Greer has been here for a decade. Sure, but you can't you can't look at this trade as being a make-it-or-break-it kind of deal for Chris Greer because the Dolphins have, have risked so little. In this situation, yes, they traded their second round pick this year, a pick that could have been used on maybe a, a, a stronger offensive lineman or been used elsewhere, maybe to build up to sign some stronger, uh, somebody stronger from the secondary or whatever. They could have used the pick to do that. But by virtue of their trade with New Orleans, and this is the important thing, you cannot view the trade for Rosen outside of the context of the trade with New Orleans because they got back that second round pick next year. So the amount that like the, the risk is so low combining the draft stock that the Dolphins trade away, which is very little combined with the salary, which is very low. All of those things factor in this is a super low risk situation. Everybody is saying that this is a low risk a low risk, high reward scenario for the Dolphins. And that's exactly what it is. So yes, it's possible that Rosen flames out. And if that's the case, it's not some stunning indictment of Chris Greer and his being a judge of talent. It's a situation where he made a move that was a value move for the Dolphins. It was a better value move than drafting a quarterback in the first round. Well, let me ask you a question. Sure. If he drafts Dwayne Haskins uh-huh. and Dwayne Haskins is awful, like just like awful next year, what are your thoughts? If the Dolphins draft Haskins and it just becomes evident that he is not <laughs> ever going to be a quality NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, it's harder to make that decision in one year. 
<laughs> okay, well, why is that different than Rosen? Rosen has has basically a body, a year's worth of NFL service time behind him already. So but I thought that that's, I mean, that's basically worthless because he played on it for a bad team with a bad offensive line and a bad coach. Right, and that is, and that's the that's when you give the player the benefit of the doubt after one season. And if you bring him in, and granted, his surrounding cast of characters isn't going to be significantly better in Miami this year. In right, fact, the opposite might be true. We've seen. We've seen what Rosen looks like with a bad offensive line. That's the other thing. But that that's the, but that's the that's thing the that's okay thing that here, though, me. because if if Rosen comes in and plays poorly this season, and the Dolphins win two or three football games, you're in position to draft your quarterback next year, and now you've got a legitimate quarterback competition. Now, if if the Dolphins win two games this season because Josh Rosen turns out to be a disaster and Ryan Fitzpatrick, as we know, is is what he is. The Dolphins end up winning two games. They end up with the number one pick. They pick Tua or whoever the top-rated quarterback is in next year's draft. And then that quarterback ends up being a disaster? Now you've got a conversation. Now you've got a conversation about the problems of your GM and his ability to scout quarterback talent. Well, I'm At just going to ask you the, the question that I asked Kind of hypoth- uh, kind of rhetorically earlier, and I asked it on Twitter to, to everybody that says, that comes back at my tweet and says the same thing like, oh, well, we just draft a quarterback next year if Rosen's no good. My question for you, obviously, if Tua continues to be the top rated quarterback and he shows no signs of slowing down and it's just, Two is the number one guy, but then there's there's two or three other good quarterbacks there that you like, and the Dolphins don't have the number one pick and aren't able to convince the team with the number one pick to trade out. If Josh Rosen sucks, or it just if Josh Rosen isn't very good in this year, do you trust Chris Greer to be the one? to make that decision because then that decision is the most important decision that the franchise has had since drafting Ryan Tannehill, you know, seven, eight years ago. Do I do you trust Chris Greer? If Josh Rosen is not good and the Dolphins don't have a no brainer pick with the top quarterback in the draft, and they've got to decide between two or three other quarterbacks that have a first round grade, but we're not sure who, do you trust Chris Greer if Josh Rosen is no good? And and let's throw this out there. Let because I also said in the tweet, well, hey, what if Haskins is better than Rosen? What if Haskins is good and Rosen is bad? Once again, I ask you, do you trust Chris Greer to pick your next quarterback? Yes. Why? Because I'm not sure that I've got a reason not to. Like I said, the the reason clearly that would be the reason. The reason would be because after a year plus of research on multiple quarterbacks, Rosen turned and and trading assets away to get him. Rosen turns that not only does Rosen turn out to be bad, but Haskins turns out to be good. This is the part where I get it. You're saying you know you're jumping the gun and you're being this is it's, this is a, this is, this a is where I also would like to point out. This is not what I hope happens. I'm simply stay I'm setting the groundwork and I'm and I'm and I'm because Dolphins fans and fans in general tend to have this this notion of it's 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 very much like you know what has happened in the last couple of weeks and we forget about the thought process that led up to it and we forget about the moves that led up to where we are now and that's where the dolphins have been for the past 20 years that has led to them being the same old dolphins is that instead of them having this long-term view of things they're constantly like hey let's do this cuz this looks good right now okay this didn't work out let's do this cuz this looks good right now okay this didn't work out okay let's do this because this looks good and that's why we end up consistently trying to plug holes because we never really had a good long term plan what i'm saying is that if and only if this plays out like that chris greer should face the consequences of that and if it works out great Chris Greer should be commended and should be rewarded. And if it works out somewhere in between, then I think we're in the, we're in the scariest spot where Chris Greer has to make a decision 
of does he want to double down on Josh Rosen or admit that it was a failure prematurely and then ultimately admit that he gave away a second and a fifth for nothing. And then we're in a spot where we probably have to trade up to get our guy next year. And it's like, it's, it's a lot easier to stomach trading up to get our guy next year. If we didn't already trade away assets to get what is supposed to be our guy this year, because again, he's not making this trade thinking, thinking, eh, you know, you know, maybe if he sucks, he sucks, but we got him for a second round pick. No, and no GM should be looking at that pick and saying, you know, well, if he sucks, it's whatever. Cause it's only a second round pick or it's only a late second round pick. Because if he's thinking that I would fire him today. I'm sure he's not thinking that, but again, and we don't know the inner workings of the decision-making process, but there were clearly a number of factors involved in the Dolphins' decision to go with Rosen over a guy like Haskins. As we said, the Dolphins may have valued Jones over Haskins in whatever the system is that they're planning on implementing. Maybe That's a little ha- concerning too, though, right? Per- perhaps, but maybe not, because again... We're not in that room. Well, 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 wait a minute. We're not. Wait a minute. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Wait, 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 wait. Roll it back. Roll it back. Roll it back. Here's the thing. Ultimately, I don't want to get into this game of the hypotheticals because that's like, that's, yes, that is what the jaded Miami Dolphin fan does. They view every move as what might happen in the worst case scenario because that's. I think you should make every move considering all, all future scenarios. Well, and that's, and that's what happened. Here, the the move was made here because obviously there is the potential that Rosen is the f- franchise quarterback that the Dolphins have wanted since Dan Marino retired. That's that's obviously there is the possibility that this could be the guy and the Dolphins see that as a possibility. Greer views that as a possibility. He also views it as a possibility that comes, that was, they must have felt that The gamble on a guy like Rosen was a safer bet than a gamble on Haskins at 13. That was, that was clearly the decision making process. And as such, this is the move that they made. And this is the, this is the bed that they have made. And that's where we are. If Rosen flames out and Haskins proves to be a wonderful quarterback, fantastic. That doesn't mean that this was the wrong move because the Dolphins are still in a position to move forward in 2020 and continue to build. The, uh, The big thing that this... And we've been talking about it on this show. The big thing that this organ, that this new regime is talking about is doing the rebuild correctly and not making any high risk moves. And the, the pick or the trade for Rosen is a low risk move. And if it doesn't work out, fine. That doesn't mean that Greer is somehow a bad judge of quarterback talent. It doesn't mean that everybody else in the room is a bad judge of quarterback talent. There's any number of things that it could mean. I think in this situation, what happens here is the move is made. Let's see how it plays out. If he flames out, so be it. They've been saying it all along. This does nothing to change the their plan for 2020 and drafting a quarterback, which almost says... This team thinks it's a possibility that Rosen could be the guy, but they're not necessarily banking on it. And the fact that they're not banking on it is shown by the fact that they, again, gave up relatively little to bring him in. And now we're getting to the point where we're just sort of talking in circles about it. But that's how I feel. I think I think that's how a lot of other people feel as well. You're the only one, frankly, that I've heard calling for Chris Greer to be fired. I'm not calling for Chris. And that's where I want to be clear. If Rosen is terrible, if Rosen is terrible. Right. And I'm not saying Rosen is going to be terrible and I don't want Rosen to be terrible. And frankly, I don't think Rosen's going to be terrible. You asked me what I thought about the trade. And I said, I thought it was a good trade. That's where I think everybody is, is losing their shit and they're freaking out because of certain words that I use. And because of a hypothetical that they don't want to entertain. 
you have to entertain the worst case scenario. And what do you do if the worst case scenario presents itself? If Josh Rosen is good, look, I said that I would trade, I would make the trade. I wasn't crazy that they somehow got swindled into, into giving up a second and a fifth. But I, I also said that the blow was softened because they got the second rounder next year from New Orleans. Cool. And it made it a lower, a lower second round pick than we gave up for Rosen anyway. Cool. I like the trade. I'm not saying it's a bad trade. That's where everybody is no, misunderstanding. That's, that's not what I'm saying either. What I'm saying. Right, but what, no, but what, what everybody is disagreeing with is that if Josh Rosen sucks, that that's somehow not an indictment on Chris Greer. And how is it not? If any draft pick sucks, if the, if the Dolphins take Juan Thornhill with that pick, and Juan Thornhill sucks. Is that not an indictment on Chris Greer? I'm not saying he gets fired because it's a safety. It's a different level of accountability because it's a different level of importance. When you make a decision about a guy that could potentially be your starting quarterback for the next decade, because you don't make this trade if you don't think that there's a shot of that. And again, I like the trade. So I don't want to hear all these people saying, oh, you hate the trade. I don't hate the trade. I like the trade. All I'm simply saying is that it speeds up the accountability process because what this has done is Chris Greer has shown his cards on the table that he is in on Josh Rosen. And if Josh Ro- and especially if Haskins ends up being better than him, and then if if their story, because this is a new development that I didn't hear, if their story is that they were higher on Daniel Jones than on Haskins, and if Daniel Jones is terrible, and Dwayne Haskins is good, and Drew Rosen sucks, well, now he's 0 for 3. Do you trust him to make the next quarterback pick? Well, here's what I'll say, and we'll we'll close it here. Here's what I'll say. Whether I would trust him or not, Steve Ross is going to trust him. And he's, okay. And he's All right. Be well, the that's guy. fine. But and that, he's going to be the guy. Then let's not talk about anything because nothing that we say matters because at the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do. Well, listen, there's a million and a half hypothetical situations that you could discuss. And what we're going to do is what we always do after the draft. Wait and see. And that's all we can do at this point because the move has been made. The wheels are turning and the situation is what the situation is. Um, I want to also just quickly before we wrap here, Brain, um, talk about uh, the Dolphins have signed a number of undrafted free agents. These are guys that most of them probably are going to end up not making the team, but they'll be around in the preseason and maybe a handful of them, maybe maybe a handful of them if I'm generous, maybe one or two of them will actually end up making a big impact and making the team. But among these guys are Preston Williams, who is a wide receiver out of Colorado State, who a lot of people are really high on. Terrell Hanks, a linebacker from New Mexico State. Uh, Jonathan Ledbetter, a, DL, uh, a defensive lineman from Georgia. They've also signed Montre Hardage, a cornerback from Northwestern. Shaq Calhoun, uh, a guard from Mississippi State. Trey Watson, a linebacker out of Maryland. Ryan Anderson, a center out of Wake Forest. Um, Aaron Montero, a tackle out of Boston College. Tyler Horton, a cornerback from Boise State. Trenton Irwin, who's a wide receiver out of Stanford. Nick Needham, who's a cornerback out of UTEP. Rob Roll, a safety from Villanova. And um, perhaps most interestingly, they've signed West Farnsworth out of Nevada, who is a long snapper. And he is being brought in apparently to give competition to the longest serving current Miami Dolphin player, John Denny, who has been uh, the long snapper for the Dolphins for uh quite some time. So uh, these are the undrafted free agents. That list is accurate as of uh, Saturday night. They they may have added some more players. There's also some people that we, we've heard, like some guys from the University of Miami who are in being, being invited to rookie camp um, and things of that nature. We'll see if any of that pans out as we get a little bit closer to camp. But at any rate, uh, the Dolphins have addressed 
more or less everything. Maybe they couldn't address everything in the draft. That was always going to be impossible with the number of holes this team has, but they've, they've got a number of players. They've got what their roster probably more or less is going to be as we go into training camp. So now we, uh, we see how things develop. I should mention, I guess, uh, also on the Rosen thing, one of the things that was going around about him was that there were personality issues and that that was, you know, a reason that people didn't like him. And that was a reason why there weren't a lot of suitors. But supposedly the Dolphins front office has received a number of unsolicited phone calls that said that all of these personality issue rumors that have been going around are completely unfounded and that they are complete BS and that uh, that this Josh Rosen is is a man of high character and they're somebody somebody that they are proud to have in the locker room. Whether that is true or not, I guess we'll we'll find out. As, as well, he had on, those things like in college else. too. Yes, so we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe that is in fact a problem. And if it is a problem, we'll see how the Miami Dolphins deal with that. I mean, it's a new regime, and let's see how they deal with old problems in the locker room. I, I listen, and I'll say sort of ten, on a little bit of a tangent. It kind of tickles me to see that Adam Gase is already bumping heads with people in the Jets organization. Um, and there's some conflict over there between Gase and the front office of the Jets. Uh, it tickles me a little bit. I'll tell you one thing on a, on a, on a closing note. It's 2019 season. It's got a hell of a lot more interesting. Oh, it certainly did. It certainly did. It, that if nothing else, the 2019 season, you were going to have a lot more, I don't know, fun is the right word, but... Um, well, now there's e- literally every game is an audition for Josh Rosen. Yeah, we're going to find out whether or not this guy is actually meant to be the guy or not. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens if Josh Rosen is, in fact, the guy or if uh, the Dolphins are going to be bringing in somebody else next year to take a stab at being the new franchise quarterback. But. The situation is what the situation is for now. We now get it into wait and see mode, and let's see how all of these draft picks pan out for your Miami Dolphins. Of course, as always, if there are any other big, if there's any other big breaking news uh, between now and training camp and preseason, we'll of course be here to discuss it. But otherwise, this is probably going to be the last episode of the show for a little while as things sort of start to come back down now they get you put the start of free agency in the draft things get really exciting for a little while and now it's gonna sort of calm down for a couple of months here as summer kicks in but soon enough it'll be august and training camp is going to be right around the corner and then uh, we'll be back with you and of course if anything else big time happens expect a pop-up episode of your new favorite miami dolphins podcast the same old dolphin show as always, you can follow Aaron the Brain on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. I am on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. Um, you can download, review, rate, comment, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. We are also on Stitcher. We are also on Spotify. Um, if there is a platform that you would love for this show to be on and we are not currently there, give a holler, tweet at us, and we will uh, try to find a way to make that happen for you. Don't forget about our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Dolphins. Give us a like over there. Every episode is posted over there. And of course, we are proud members of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. DolphinsTalk.com is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins, so make sure that you pay them a visit every day, especially this time of year. Lots of uh, new stories coming up, um, opinion pieces, uh, podcasts, all kinds of stuff going on over there at DolphinsTalk.com, so make sure that you check it out. Big props to Mike and Tom and the rest of the team over at DolphinsTalk.com. That is going to wrap us up for this episode of the Same Old Dolphins Show. So for Aaron the Brain, this is Josh. Take care of yourselves and each other. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Go Dolphins!